Well, good morning and happy Sabbath on this uh, last weekend in August. And let me just uh, begin this morning with uh, my heart wide open to all of our brothers and sisters in Lake Charles. Anyone in western Louisiana, eastern side of Texas, who's been affected by Hurricane Laura, certainly our prayers are with you. This morning here at Grand Isle, at Our Lady of the Isle, we offered Mass for all of our brothers and sisters who have been affected by Hurricane Laura, all those who are suffering because of the consequences and impact of the storm. And, you know, this weekend, the gospel readings really kind of point to the reality of suffering. And gosh, for those of us in South Louisiana, we we just know that very personally right now because of everything that happened this week with Hurricane Laura. I shared with the the good people here in Grand Isle this morning, just uh, that we on the eastern side of Louisiana, especially here on the island, so vulnerable to storms, just have much to be grateful for. And I, I want to just put things into context as we consider the reality of how many people are suffering today. Have these notes in the bulletin, also notes on the website. You may want to just kind of glance at these as we kind of walk through a little conversation about the impact of Hurricane Laura. 1.5 million, that's the number of people who were either evacuated or displaced because of, of the storm. 910,000, that's the number of customers who lost electricity and probably won't have it back for, gosh, weeks or maybe even months. 65 miles per hour, this is a fascinating statistic here. That is the increase of maximum sustained winds within a single 24-hour period for Hurricane Laura. In 24 hours, Laura went from a tropical storm to a Category 4 hurricane, increasing 65 miles per hour and maximum sustained winds within 24 hours makes Laura the fastest intensifying storm on record in the Gulf of Mexico, tied for first place. 15-foot storm surge, let's kind of put that into perspective. A lot of the devastation is because of the wind and, and, and just the, the reality of the storm surge, right? Recorded 15 feet of storm surge. Let's put that into perspective. Water weighs 8.4 pounds per gallon, and that's a lot of water, right? So imagine you have a 15-foot tall storm surge, probably has a girth or a depth of 10 feet. So that's 150 square feet of water, which weighs 8.4 pounds per gallon. And let's say that that's a wall moving at 48 feet, right? That's the length of the rectory here. And Our Lady of the Isle would put 60,480 pounds of pressure on this little bitty <laughs> rectory. That's like, that's like 10 pickup trucks moving at 15 miles an hour, pressing into your house. Just imagine just what that does to structure, right? And of course, $25 billion, $25 billion. That's the early estimates of damage that will be inflicted on human beings, people's lives because of Hurricane Laura. A lot of people suffering right now. A lot of people suffering. Some of us are suffering because we know people in Lake Charles. Some of us are suffering because of what's physically happened to us. But, you know, I was with my mom and dad for the hurricane and just reminded that suffering is just a part of life, right? You know, physical suffering, whether it's for any source or root, right? 
Suffering is one of those things that touches every one of us. It doesn't discriminate whether you're rich or poor or the color of your skin or you're a saint or a sinner or somewhere between. Like Suffering touches every one of our lives. It affects all of us. Suffering. I want you to think right now about perhaps maybe where you're suffering or maybe when in the most recent past where you were someone that you know was suffering. Let's make it personal today. Can't talk about suffering without it becoming personal, right? Because a lot of what I'm going to share with you came from my own personal history, my own personal experience of suffering. And if anything that I share with you today kind of is a light that shines on your own suffering, then please, God, that we would listen to his voice today. It's brought back to several years ago, doesn't matter when, I was going through something, um, probably the hardest uh, cross I've ever had to, to carry, you might say. It was the hardest thing that I've ever had to endure. Uh, someone in my life was going through their own particular struggle with their own particular addiction. doesn't matter who or when it was because I'm just going to really zero in on, on how it affected me and what stirred in me and, and how I experienced suffering in that point. But as they were going through their addiction, I remember writing in my journal several times during that, that stretch of suffering four things that I felt. See if, as you look in your own life, if these kind of ring true. I felt powerless. I felt trapped. I felt like I wanted to escape. And I wanted to blame. I think a lot of us know what that's like. See, see if that resonates with you. When you have suffered, I felt powerless. I couldn't get out of it. It was bigger than me. I was out of control. I couldn't stop it. I felt powerless. And because I felt powerless, I felt trapped. When any of us are trapped, certainly me at that moment, we want to escape whether it's physically getting out of the suffering, when if we can't physically change the circumstances, then altering our consciousness, you might say escaping with food or, or liquor or um, vegging in front of the TV or any form of escape mentally. When we feel powerless, we feel trapped. When we feel trapped, we want to escape. And when we can't escape, then we want to blame blame the circumstances, blame another person, blame God, blame something, blame life, blame whatever. But those are the four most, I think, personal things that I experienced in those moments. Powerless, trapped, escape, and blame. And I wonder if you've ever experienced those things yourself. You ever feel that? Ever suffer and feel powerless, trapped, like you wanted to, to escape but you couldn't, and have you ever blamed someone in the suffering? Now, there's got to be another way, right? There's got to be more. And what if today God could speak to that? What if God could say something to you today that might give you hope in the midst of your current suffering or give you hope and something to hold on to the next time you suffer? What if God could say something at today? Because in the day's gospel, which comes from the gospel of Matthew chapter 16, he did speak to it. In fact, he said it very specifically. We read in verse 13, and I quote, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer 
greatly. End quote. Let me say that again. Jesus intentionally revealed to his disciples that he was choosing to go to Jerusalem knowing that he would suffer greatly there. And I was brought back today as I read that to my journal when I was suffering. And I was kind of in this moment, I was several years ago, I was just begging God for help. I was in the Adoration Chapel and I wrote several things in my journal. I have those in the notes. Just I want to lift up a couple of those to you. The first thing that I remember writing down is that Jesus reminded me that he chose to suffer. No one forced it upon him. I, I grieve sometimes when I hear people talk about the cross. It's almost like sometimes we depict Jesus being in the wrong place at the wrong time and he got nailed to the cross. Or God help us, people say things like, I nailed Jesus to the cross. Jesus Christ chose to go to Jerusalem, for God's sake. He chose to go there. He knew what he was doing. He entered into suffering. He even said in the Gospel of John, Verse 10, 18, he says, no one takes my life from me. I lay it down on my own. I have the power to lay it down and the power to take it up again, end quote. Jesus Christ chose to give himself to us completely, and he chose to enter into every human situation. He chose to enter into suffering. I remember writing that down in my journal. second thing I wrote in my journal is that God knew suffering. Like, he knows what it's like to suffer. And it doesn't mean it it takes mine away, but just means that I I can go to him in it, right? Because he knows suffering. He chose suffering. He knows suffering. And he loves me. I remember writing this down on my journal like it blew my mind that God does not need me. Let me tell you why that blew my mind. Like God didn't create me because he needed me. I'm completely unneeded by God. God was quite content being God without me before I came along, and yet he made me because he wanted to. He wanted to. He desired me to be in existence. And that means that he desires to be with me in relationship in every circumstance of life, including suffering. And, and because he loves so deeply, Gosh, he grieves so deeply. He he said to me, one's capacity for suffering is directly proportionate to one's capacity for loving. Let me say that again. One's capacity for suffering is directly proportionate to one's capacity for loving. I've heard stories in the past of of wives having to look their husbands in the eye and say some painful things or husbands having to look at their wives and say some painful things or parents having to say things to their children which they knew was going to hurt and grieving, right? Like the more you love someone, the more that you suffer, which means no one suffers more than the one who loves most and that's God. And that means when I'm suffering, he's suffering. And it gives me hope. You know, hope is not some 
power of positive thinking. Hope is something you hold on to. And when we're suffering, we can hold on to God. Right? If you keep looking at the notes, I wrote five things in my journal that I want to share with you. Five things that God said to me that just really, God, I gave me something to hold on to in suffering. Number one, God's not bound by time, which means he sees our future when sometimes all we see is our present. Let me say that again. God sees our future when sometimes all we can see is our present. Man, I get hooked up in suffering. All I can't, all I can see is the suffering. But God sees my future. He sees me getting out of it. He sees what's available for me. He sees eventually where I'm going, right? That's where my hope comes from. It comes from him who can see what I don't see. Number two, I wrote down in my journal, God is not bound by circumstance. He sees a purpose of my suffering when sometimes all I see is the suffering. Now, sometimes it just suffering expands my heart. Sometimes it teaches me how to love or persevere, but it's not that God makes us suffer. God allows suffering, but there can, he can make something happen in the suffering, right? Number three, God's not bound by darkness. He sees whenever we can't see him. Let me see that again. He's not bound by darkness. God sees us sometimes when we can't see him. Take a baby who's crying, 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 and you hug him real, real tight, right? You just squeeze him into your chest almost. That baby can't see you. All that baby can see is darkness. But it's not dark because you're not there. It's actually dark because you're so there, right? God is not bound by darkness. He sees us when we don't see him. Number four, I wrote in my journal, God is not bound by desire. He sees where we're headed when sometimes all we can see is where we are. In other words, God wants us to be with him forever in heaven. That's what his desire is. And he sees that we're going to be with him when sometimes all we can see is that the hell that we feel like we're in, right? And number five, God's not bound by perspective. Again, he knows where we're going forever when sometimes all we can see is what we are experiencing in the temporary Suffering, it's just a part of life. It's not about what you suffer as much as about how you suffer. It's not necessarily about what you feel as much as it is as much about where you're going with what you feel. And my prayer for us today as the good people of God is that we would just have the courage to ask God to show us where he is in the suffering. And for some of us, God's been waiting a long time to show us that. And, and maybe, just maybe, if we have the courage today to go to him and ask him to speak to us, perhaps maybe, just maybe we might hear his voice speaking to us, that he's been with us all along, especially in the times of suffering. God bless you.